Welcome to your Canadians Connection on Rocket Sports Radio. This premier hockey podcast featured on allhabs.net brings you the latest news, in-depth analysis, and expert commentary about the NHL's most storied franchise, the Montreal Canadiens, with your hosts, Joe Whalen and Rick Stevens. Our team of credentialed journalists provides behind-the-scenes insight on the Canadians, designed to inform, entertain, and engage Habs fans around the globe. We are proud to be the trusted source for all things Habs for more than a decade. This is the Canadians Connection Podcast. Hello there, everyone, and welcome to the Canadians Connection podcast here on Rocket Sports Radio, keeping you informed, engaged, and entertained. My name is Joseph Whalen, and I'm going to be your host for the next hour. This is episode 121 of the Canadians Connection podcast, and I'm pleased to be joined, as always, in studio by my co-host, the one and only, the editor-in-chief, the founder, the president of Rocket Sports Media. He wears many hats, folks. Uh, the one and only Rick Stevens. Rick, how are you doing today, my friend? I'm doing great today. Uh, we're just, you know, we have such uh, good conversations, have such fun yeah. in in the, the pre-show, and, and we go from one to another. We talked about uh, Bruce, Bruce uh, Boudreaux, by the, <laughs> yeah. strangely enough, because Wayne Gretzky brought it up this week as uh, being... <laughs> As Boudreaux being the best uh, junior hockey player he ever saw, we talked about um, Claude Julien and his call-ups. Uh, uh, you know, when, when he was uh, coming from um, the AHL to to uh, Quebec, and um, but I think just to start, I know a lot of of uh, our listeners have been kind of following the the health situation of Guy Lafleur, and we had some good yeah. news on that front this week. So let's start with some good news. Um, and Guy Lafleur was uh, interviewed by um, uh, one of the reporters from NHL.com. Of course, he's um, he's had a, a resurgence, a reoccurrence of of his lung cancer, and he's fighting that. And um, he reports that his his uh, treatments are going well, and 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 that uh, everything is going really well. And then he said, um, "Yeah, feeling good. Everything's going well. Touch wood." And then he yeah. added, "That being a Sherwood fifty thirty, which is the stick that <laughs> uh, that of course uh, Guy Lafleur used." Um, yeah, <laughs> and he was feeling so good. Uh, that he also had a chance to comment on uh, the Montreal Canadiens, and and uh, he's been keeping track. and And uh, his comment was, um, "The players seem to be having fun, and they really work as a team. They have big players, which means there's more respect from their opponents." So mm-hmm. he likes the current makeup. He's feeling good. He's hanging on to that Sherwood, and uh, yep. so let's uh, thumbs up. Let's uh, let's start the show with some good news about uh, a legend, Guy Lafleur. Yeah, it's fantastic to hear this week, um, and, and I mean, yeah, it's it was a good week for the Montreal Canadiens. Granted, it was only two games, but of course, hearing some great news about the status, the health condition of Guy Lafleur. Uh, that that makes it all the better uh, for the Montreal Canadiens, and yeah, I wish him nothing but the best going forward. And uh, yeah, 
we'll uh, we'll keep you updated with with that story as, as as it unfolds. But yeah, great to hear from Guy Lafleur this week, Rick. Um, we have a lot to get to today. Uh, it's it's going to be a very fun show. And as I said, the Canadians only played two games this week. Not a whole lot of game action. It's going to heat up <laughs> next uh, this coming week. It's going to heat up a little bit for the Montreal Canadiens in terms of the amount of games that they play. Uh, but Rick, we should say that in the second segment. Uh, last week, we did a much too early review of, of the Montreal Canadiens' new additions. <laughs> way too early. So we should addition. never do that again. No. Do any kind we should, of look. We should much never. Too look, er, no. No. Much too early look. Yeah. It, it was, it, it's too risky to do it again. That's right. Which is why we're going to do, do it, it again. again. Uh-huh. We're going to do an early recap of the North Division <laughs> to this point because a lot of conversation out of the Thursday night home opener for the Montreal Canadiens that we will be discussing in just a couple of moments from now, a lot of conversation about whether or not the Montreal Canadiens might be the best team what? in the North Division, best team in the league. What? Best team in the world, maybe? I don't know. <laughs> uh, Rick, anyways, we are going to be getting to that in the second segment. Mm-hmm. Before we get there, we'll start with a bit of a rundown of the last uh, two games for the Montreal Canadiens. And it started last week. Uh, after we finished our podcast, the Montreal Canadiens headed in for the finale of a three-game set against the Vancouver Canucks. And we were about to see the debut of Corey Perry as a Montreal Canadian. Yeah. And what did Corey Perry do? In his first game as a Montreal Canadian, he did what Corey Perry does. He scored a goal. He scored the second goal of the night for the Montreal Canadiens. Nick Suzuki got him on the board first. Corey Perry added uh, one of his own. There was goals. Uh, Jonathan Drouin scored as well. Joel Edmondson got his first as a half. It was an empty netter. Carey Price was solid on the night. 23 saves in the uh, finale of that three-game set. And yeah, the Montreal Canadiens took two or three against the Canucks. Of course, they lost one in the shootout, so they didn't lose in regulation, have yet to lose in regulation in this season because it was it was a little bit of a gap between that Saturday night game and the home opener for the Montreal Canadiens on the Thursday against the Flames. But once they got there, uh, it was a bit of a poetic game, actually, at least in my view, because Gallagher and Weber got Montreal on the board early with two power play goals. And then what happens in the second period? The new guys show up. Josh Anderson, Tyler Toffoli with two of their own, or, well, two goals, for uh, one for each of them, gives the Habs a 4-0 lead. Calgary got too late, um, and it's a bit of a theme. The Montreal Canadiens not being able to uh, get their goaltender a shutout with a consistent effort. But, hey, you take the, you take the win, and you get the two points, you get out of there. That's what the Montreal Canadiens did. And, of course... They play the Flames again tonight. Hopefully, the Flames, if you're the Montreal Canadiens, the Flames didn't gain too much momentum from the end of that game with the two late goals, but we shall see uh, how it how it unfolds tonight. Players but only was, meeting by Calgary, so... Uh, players only meeting. Uh-huh. Oof. So, uh, you know what that's, that means. Uh, yeah, that's... Uh, you don't want to be on the other end. You don't want to be the other team uh, when, uh, when a team calls a players only meeting. You don't want to be the team that's facing that team coming out of a players only meeting so we'll see how uh, how they come out tonight and uh, we just learned that it will be Jake Allen between the pipes tonight mm-hmm. for the Montreal Canadiens and that makes enough sense uh, i think that and we were discussing this coming out of the two game set that Montreal Canadiens played against the Edmonton Oilers uh, they they got Carey Price on their mind the Edmonton Oilers did because that Saturday night performance from Carey Price was marvelous 
then you you go with Jake Allen and and they're thinking, well, what are we going to do when we meet up against the Montreal Canadiens, have to play Carey Price again? You just do this again to the Calgary Flames. I think it makes it makes a lot of sense. But Rick, two wins, two games for the Montreal Canadiens this week. They get two wins. It's 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 a solid week for the Montreal Canadiens. They they took care of business. That's all that you can ask. They certainly did. And so you know, I was uh, after that week. I was looking forward um, to what it has become my favorite column on allhabs.net, and that's one by. Um, Yours truly and uh, yourself ah. uh, that uh, your three star. Well, I shouldn't say that because uh, in addition to your column being my favorite, of course, there's Chris's notepad that comes out yeah. every Monday. That's my favorite, and and then there's Carly's uh, yeah. column that that uh, yeah her her column this week was on um, the Canadians' depth and and uh, that's my favorite. And yeah, and then, I like that one. Then um, Amy does that. Uh, you know, Habs happening uh, column. So yeah. that's become my favorite. Very well done. Um, um, Mike had that whole column on uh, long piece, long form Holy piece cow. on Dubois. That that was my favorite. That was um, fantastic. Sammy does the previews. Those those, yeah. those have always been my favorite. And, and yeah. then the game recaps are my favorite too. But yeah. but yours, your yeah. your three star Mine's in there. Mine's in the mix. Yeah, it's, it's, it's good it's to be favorite. in the mix. Yeah. Yeah, it's 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 good to be in the mix. That's, There's a that's lot a of content thing. on allhabs.net so right now. I, I wouldn't want to choose between the content at allhabs.net. There's so much. There's just too much to go through, and a lot of quality stuff there. But Rick, as you said, so Tyler Toffoli was my first star of the week in my column, mm-hmm. and it was Yo Yoel Armia was the third star, unfortunate injury, um, in that uh, second game against Vancouver, which uh, that, that was that was very uh, unfortunate to see. Nick Suzuki as the second star, Tyler Toffoli as the first star. And uh, the NHL agreed. The NHL agreed that he was the first star of the week. Well, your uh, column came out a day before. Yeah, so I think so. might have been some influence there. I think mm. I think there might have been a little bit of influence. And uh, in the three stars of the week around the NHL, Tyler Toffoli uh, ranked ahead of Joe Pavelski. And John Gibson. Um, so some good company for Tyler Toffoli to be in. And of course, he had a goal against the uh, against the Calgary Flames, excuse me, uh, in the Thursday night in the home opener. And uh, as you pointed out, it was not a uh, not a great looking goal, but it was a goal nonetheless. <laughs> well, I, I described it. We, we were talking about it on our internal All Habs uh, Rocket Sports team yeah. uh, on Slack. And I said... Uh, the way he kind of um, bobbled it down the ice and then reached behind him and swept it into the net was kind of like tabletop hockey or rod hockey. Yeah, or whatever, it was. Where, uh, yeah, um, that's that's kind of the way it looked. Not pretty, but uh, very effective uh, for uh, another, his second shorthanded goal of the season. Yeah, lots of shorthanded goals for the Montreal. And I mean, by the way, I think that you just described the way that Brendan Gallagher gets all of his goals and they all count. <laughs> that's, so, that's I mean, true. that's that's fine. We we will take those goals. Uh, but but his goal this week against Calgary, that one, the backhand pass from Corey Perry. Oh, my gosh, oh, that was no, that was gorgeous. No look. Pat, yeah. No look. It's it's Corey Perry doing all of the Corey Perry things. So that's that's great. But as we said, Tyler Toffoli, first star of the week around the NHL. Uh Congratulations to him. That's that's fantastic. Uh, he's he's gotten himself off to a great start, and he gives himself a tough act to follow. But I think that I think he'll be able to to live up to it. <laughs> uh, Rick, we'll move on because we got some roster news 
to discuss. And uh, the aforementioned Yoel Armia was my third star of the week this past week. Um, he's in concussion protocol following that hit from Tyler Myers that unfortunately um, left him uh, ineligible to play in the next uh, two games against the Vancouver Canucks and the Calgary Flames. He was he was there at the home opener. It was good to see Yoel Armia. And he's been skating on his own this week. So there is some progress being made there. Um, but yeah, it's it's uh, just an unfortunate situation for Armia, who is playing some really good hockey. Excellent. He had his um, some say the the two best games as uh, a Canadian uh, before yeah. he um, suffered that uh, that injury. Um, you know, fans and and some of the reporters got pretty excited when they saw him on the ice. But uh, when asked, Claude Julien said, uh, "This he's going to be out for a while. This is uh, be patient. This is part of the, the concussion protocol." And uh, and his return is unknown, so it's a good sign to see him on the ice. Um, yeah. It was a good sign to see him um, walk out onto the bench um, uh, for the home opener. But uh, yeah, we'll, we'll we'll be patient uh, and and await his return. Yeah, and in the time being, as I said, and as we discussed, Corey Perry is not a bad guy to have mm-hmm. in there. He's he's played very very well um but yeah armia is a presence that you do miss when he's not around the mix of speed the physicality the possession that he brings it's it's a lot of things that yoel armia brings to this team and of course a penalty killer as well someone you can you can toss out there but uh regardless rick we'll, we'll wait to see when exactly it is that armia returns to the lineup but yeah it could be a, a while but uh, rick will move on because the Laval Rocket training camp is underway, and we should say that you'll want to check out uh, daily reports, including some audio from players and coach Joel Bouchard at the AHL report, AHLreport.com. And, and Rick, a very interesting thing that is emerged from Rocket training camp, there's, there's not going to be any cuts. That's uh, the word from Joel Bouchard that uh, they'll need some extra players like the Canadians. Uh, need extra players. Uh, They'll need extra players to absorb any injury issues and and possible uh, COVID issues. Uh, So they're going to keep all their players around that they currently have at training camp. 32 players were invited to the Rocket training camp. And and Bouchard said, you know, they'll likely be adding uh, a couple more down the way. That means that someone like Caden Gooley, um, recently drafted Caden Gooley will stay Um, and he can stay, uh, you know, as long as the the CHL situation is the way it is. Um, The difficulty in planning there, the AHL season is supposed to start uh, on February 5th, but we today don't have a schedule. The schedules are out for most teams. We don't have a schedule for the Canadian division yet. Uh, The most recent news on that is another team got added to the division uh, Stockton, um, uh, the Calgary affiliate, AHL affiliate, uh, will not play in Stockton. They will play in Calgary this year. So the schedule's going to be revamped. Um, difficulty, of course, moving players across the border uh, yeah. from the NHL to the AHL. So that move was uh, necessary. Now we've got to keep an eye on Vancouver. They're affiliates in in Utica, New York, New York. So mm-hmm. they have uh, a similar situation there. Uh, Edmonton has their affiliate in Bakersfield. So a uh, difficult situation for them. So it's going to, it's, it's up in the air right now. And uh, it seems that uh, 
not only uh, will the Laval rocket be traveling, um, usually their furthest trip is is Winnipeg, uh, but they're going to be traveling out to Calgary for uh, games against uh, Calgary's AHL affiliate. Yeah, so I mean, uh, as is the case, so there, there's a lot up in the air, as is the case for everything right now. There's, there's a lot of balls in the air right now, so I guess we'll just have to see where they land. Uh, but Rick, we will move on because there's some interesting news uh, that concerns both the Montreal Canadiens and the Laval Rocket, and that is Claude Julien saying that Ryan Paling and Kale Fleury would not attend Rocket Camp. Of course, they are on the taxi squad right now. They are going to stay where they are. They will. Um, the Rocket Camp is is expanded. Um, mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, frankly, those are two players who've had a taste of NHL action. They can... Uh, play at an NHL pace, and they they learn more being around NHL players, uh, habits, tips, those kinds of things. And we'll we'll, we'll have a quote coming up, um, yeah, uh, audio clip from uh, Ryan Paling a little bit later. Uh, that it's clear that that th- these players are 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 better placed w- on the taxi squad with the NHL team, practicing with them in the the locker room with them. Uh, they're much better to be around uh, the Montreal Canadiens than the Laval Rocket right now. Absolutely. And I think that, that, that it's a bit of a concern. You know, you want to see these guys get in game action, but I think that the lessons that they can learn are invaluable being around these NHL players, being in, you know, uh, traveling with the club. I think it's it's all a benefit to them. So uh, we will we'll wait and see there. But Rick, uh, one other thing that came out this week, uh, Mark Bergevin uh, said that Cole Caulfield uh, will turn pro when his season is over in Wisconsin. It's not especially surprising news, but uh, it's interesting to hear it confirmed by Mark Bergevin. And uh, Caulfield scored twice last night against Michigan State. So uh, obviously a lot of hype surrounding Cole Caulfield. And it's interesting to hear from the GM that he is going to turn pro once the season is over. Now that's not to say that he's going to be joining the Montreal Canadiens. No. Turning pro, he could, uh, and, yeah. and it's probably most likely that he'll head to uh, Laval, given the Canadiens' yeah. current lineup. But but who knows by that point uh, what the um, what the roster situation will be like. But he will turn pro once the season's over. You mentioned last night uh, Wisconsin was playing Michigan State, and uh, and it's funny because. Um, Caulfield uh, was on um, RDS, was was on Canadian TV twice mm-hmm. already this season, and both both efforts have been disappointing. And in fact, the uh, embedded reporter with Wisconsin said um, uh, those were games against uh, Arizona, Arizona State, um, that they completely Arizona State completely shut down Caulfield in those games, and he had his two worst games of the season. In a in a Canadian's uh, in a uh, playing in front of a Canadian audience, yeah. and uh, we talked about it uh, that uh, there was a lot of talk on social media about complaining about him. Then there was the World Junior Championship where yeah he was underwhelming. Um, yep, and fair to say, fair to say. Um, and so last night um, it was uh, forty two seconds into the game last night. And uh, there's uh, Joshua Jagger for um, Michigan State, uh, a knee-on-knee hit with Caulfield. Caulfield goes down. And right away you're thinking, oh, here we go again. As soon as he gets on RDS, 
you yeah, know, or, or TSN. <laughs> it's the curse. It is. The curse. However, um, he was okay. Caulfield got up. He was okay. Um, 12 seconds into the, to the power play, uh, the resulting power play, um, uh, Jagger went off for, Jagger went off for kneeing, uh, 12 seconds into the power play and, uh, Cole Caulfield scored. Um, so that was less than a minute into the game and he's got a goal and, uh, all is right with the world and, and have yeah. fans who were watching along thought, okay, here we go. Uh, yeah. He went on to add a, another goal, the fourth goal of the game, uh, his 12th of the season, which has him tied uh, nationally, um, and add an assist on on Dylan Holloway's goal. Dylan Holloway, mm-hmm. uh, who you like, uh, all, yeah. had two goals in the game as well. The the Spartans are are the worst uh, in the in the division. Uh, yeah. it was a six nothing route. Uh, shots were 50 to 19. By mm-hmm. uh, by Wisconsin, uh, <laughs> so they handled them um, pretty easily. But uh, Caulfield, um, uh, I, I guess, made up for for his other uh, appearances uh, with two goals and an assist. Yeah, at least it got Habs fans a little bit excited about yeah. Cole Caulfield, and it is exciting that in whatever form it is, he will be entering the Montreal Canadian system, uh, whether it be with Laval Rocket more likely with the, the, the Laval Rocket. He does need some seasoning, as we have talked about in recent weeks. But yeah, it will be interesting to see him uh, in the Montreal Canadian system once this season uh, comes to an end at Wisconsin. Um, Rick, and finally, we'll touch on this. Uh, the Canadians have signed Martin Lapointe to a three-year contract extension, uh, and he has been named Director of Amateur Scouting, replacing uh, Shane Churla, who departed for Florida. Yeah, um, it it makes sense. Um, out of you know uh, Tre- Trevor Timmons, um, yeah, but but Marty Lapointe is is the is a, a guy that uh, very close to to Mark Bergevin, um, you know, affectionately known as as Bergevin spy in a, in a nice way that he mm-hmm. um, he you know when when uh, Bergevin wants a second look on a player on. Uh, you know, whether it's um, another look for somebody they're considering uh, trading for, drafting, where he sends Marty Lapointe. Um, so uh, for him to, to assume uh, the, the duties that uh, Shane Churla had and to extend um, his contract also keeps him in the mix. And we know that some of the Canadians' um, uh, player personnel were uh, considered for Scott Mellenby, for example, mm-hmm. um, and Scott Mellenby uh, apparently uh, up for the uh, or, or under consideration, as are I think twenty others for the Pittsburgh yes. Penguins uh, GM position. That surprise of the week yeah. with Jimmy Rutherford mo- moving on, uh, but um, but th- this this makes a lot of sense uh, for Marty Lapointe, um, and. Uh, and he'll be with the organization right at Bergevin's side for the next three years. Yeah, so that'll conclude the uh, roster news that we have regarding the Montreal Canadiens. Rick, we'll move on to some observations because, Rick, it was quite a while for the Montreal Canadiens since they last played their a home game at the Bell Centre in Montreal, and they finally returned. And uh, it was it was great to see the Bell Center again. It was great, even though it was covered. You know, he had the tarp and the lower bowl seats. Uh, it was it was great to see. It was great to be to watch a game 
happen at the Bell Center. And to hear the familiar sounds, hear the organ, Diane Bebo, uh, you know, it, it was it was just fantastic. So, Rick, uh, just just your overall thoughts on the night, because everyone always talks about the Montreal Canadiens pregame ceremonies. They're always, you know, they're always up there for the best in the league. Uh, what did you think about the home opener? Well, uh, just to put it in context, uh, the last prior to Thursday, the last game at the Bell Center played by the Montreal Canadiens was March tenth, uh, twenty twenty. Yeah. Uh, Brendan Gallagher, the first goal uh, that that um, no look pass that we talked about from Perry. Uh, previously to that, the the last goal in the Bell Center on March tenth against the Nashville Predators was Lucas Vedema when he scored his mm. uh, f- the first NHL uh, his first <laughs> NHL goal. So it had been quite some time and and yeah things were were different, uh, very different. Um, Michelle Lacroix was uprooted from the penalty box and and yeah. and uh, put out into the lower bowl where where he made his uh, uh, announcements from there. Um, no netting behind the uh, behind the nets as we've seen in in, yeah. in other buildings. Um, it, it was just uh, very different, and and uh, you had the players coming from the parking garage, walking towards the dressing room, and they had, rather than you know the fans that usually are behind the gates and and fences and and uh, saying hello, they had TV monitors uh, set up with uh, yeah. with fans on kind of a red carpet sort of thing. So it was it was all very different. Um, and, uh, you know, the Canadians did announce uh, ahead of time that they'd have um, a little surprise uh, when it came to the anthems. Uh, and I got to say, this was one of my favorite parts of uh, the, uh, the pregame ceremonies. Roger Doucette, I mean, that just, yeah. that gives me chills. Um, incredible. Um, so it, it went from Roger Doucette, uh, Charles uh, Prevost-Linton up next, that, that baritone voice, and, and yeah. he'd still be doing anthems if he hadn't drank the wrong beer. Um, no. You know, you don't do Budweiser commercials when no. you work for Molson. Um, they had the... I always call him the opera guy because I can't remember his name, but he has a very classical, yeah. like he's classically trained. Uh, Sarah Diamond, um, you know, she's kind of a, a folksy Nora Jones kind of singer. You want to sing along with her. They had this woman who I don't know who she is, but she sings way off key and I don't know yeah, why she was, was included. Yeah, um, that was a bit of a rough one. Yeah, but then... Finish yeah. strong with Jeanette Renault. Yeah. Wow. Just wow. fantastic. That was amazing. Absolutely yeah. amazing. And and I, I did not I, I did not catch that live on Thursday. I watched that this morning because I had seen in our in our in, internal Slack group as the game was happening, uh hearing Mike, our friend Mike Rashtel, and, and yourself talk about that anthem, and I went and watched it this morning. Yeah, goosebumps. Uh, absolute goosebumps. And it was it was fantastic. And yeah, and it was it was that, and then for me, it was some of the smaller things, and I mentioned this, this to you pre-show, was 
watching Carey Price head to his net as Are You Ready by ACDC plays in the background. And I'm not a huge ACDC fan. Uh, my, 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 uh, my friends can attest to that. But I do <laughs> like that song. And that is a song that gets you fired up. And watching Carey Price head to his crease as that played in the background in the Bell Center that made that was normalcy that was normalcy setting in oh i'm about to watch a habs game at home uh, in the bell center and yeah it was it was fantastic it was it was very well done and of course the player introductions as well as a whole oh, other yeah. thing that, that was well done excellent as well yeah. now it, it displaced michelle lacroix uh, temporarily yes, um, yeah. but to have the uh, the local frontline workers introducing the Canadians, and uh, and there was there was a couple of pronunciation <laughs> issues. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Sherratt had his name uh, butchered a bit, but other than that, terrific, absolutely terrific. terrific yeah. Great to salute them and have them involved in the player introductions, ending with. Kansas City Chiefs guard and uh, and 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 doctor uh, who doctor, works in yeah. a, a long term care facility in Saint Jean de Richelieu. That being Laurent Duvernay Tardif, exactly. Yeah, uh, winner of the Lou Marsh Award for for yes. twenty twenty. That was that was tremendous, and and uh, a big man himself introducing Shea Weber. That was terrific. Yeah. Who who else? Who else to introduce <laughs> Shea Weber? But uh, Laurent Duvernay Tardif uh, and Rick, I, I said this to you before the show, and I had some trouble uh, with my French for whatever reason today. Uh, but I, I couldn't help but think about back to last season in December of last season when they had the captain's night and on the ice they had the video projection uh, with Je Riviendrai à Montréal by Robert Charles-Lebois. Mm-hmm. That was a bit better. That was a bit better. <laughs> That's great. Uh, but uh, they had that play in the background and it was it was like the song come to life. The Montreal Canadiens came back to Montreal. It was fantastic. Came back for winter and uh, they're here to stay. Um, and it's fantastic. So Rick, uh, we will move on. Because, uh, as you said, we do have some quotes to get to, one of which from Ryan Paling. We're going to get to that in just a couple of moments. Um, But, Rick, we'll start, as we ended, sort of, uh, with Shea Weber, the captain of the Montreal Canadiens. And uh, he talked about them needing to still... Still, they still have some work to do. It's a good start for the Montreal Canadiens, but there's still more that needs to be done. Uh, yeah, it's it's a pretty good start. I think we were very opportunistic tonight. I still don't think um, that was a our, our best effort by any means. I think we got a lot of room to improve here, and that's a good sign, obviously, because we're playing well enough to win, and, and uh, we're capitalizing. I think uh, we just need to tighten up a few areas, and, and we definitely need to be better on Saturday. It was kind of a theme during the week. Uh, Carey Price talked about um, improving uh, the defensive game. Claude, Claude Julian mentioned it almost every time he was at the the podium. And uh, Shea Weber saying, uh, listen, we're winning. Uh, we're opportunistic, which is good. Uh, but we still have some work to do on the defensive game. And we're not talking about defense men. We're talking about defensive yeah. play by, by the, the five-man unit uh, for the Canadians. And, and here is Claude Julian talking about that and saying we have to defend better. We're trying to get better every day. And, uh, you know, like when you watch video, you nitpick at the things that you think you, your team could use some, uh, I guess, some help with and then get better at. And, uh, you know, like last game, uh, some of the chances that uh, Vancouver had were off the rush and, and sort out. So, uh, you know, we're just working on uh, sorting out the, the rush. And sometimes it's an outnumbered situation. Sometimes it's an even strength situation. So we just worked on that part of it today. Today was a good day to do that, especially after being off for a couple of days. It was more of a work day today. 
today and uh, you know tomorrow we're looking with uh, Thor's maybe putting a little bit more flow to our practice but uh, you know uh, we're really trying to uh, look at every day that we can practice in in a way that it's as useful as as possible we don't have many of them so we don't want to waste them and we're just trying to uh, plug away at the things that we really feel are necessary for us right now uh, the Canadians had a, a couple of days uh, between games yeah. uh, uh, until the Thursday home opener. And uh, as Claude Julien said, uh, once the season gets rolling, especially with a condensed schedule, there's not many uh, practice days. And, and usually uh, the practice days are devoted to maintaining the flow and speed and pace and, and all of that. It's, it's, uh, it's rare that you get to focus on structure. And that's what he did uh, when they returned to the Bell Centre uh, for practice is uh, focus on the defensive structure, defending the rush, uh, that was uh, that was occupied most of of uh, their practice on Tuesday. Yeah, and it's it's good to have the opportunity to try to sort that stuff out. Of course, you know it's it's not a uh, incredibly long season. You don't have as much time as you usually do. So to get it sorted out as early as you can, or at least try to. Uh, it's probably the best course of action. So, uh, Rick, one guy that you don't really have to worry about defensively, he sort of is where he needs to be and does the work that he needs to do all the time, that's Arturi Lekkinen. And uh, Claude Julien touched on Arturi Lekkinen and the fact that he's impressed uh, by the stamina of Arturi Lekkinen. And, you know, the one thing about uh, Lecky is, and we say that all the time, like, this guy works hard every shift, you know, and uh, keeps his legs moving. He's on the forecheck. He's on the back check. He's relentless, you know, and uh, and it's unfortunate that, uh, you know, with all the things that he creates and the chances he has, that, uh, you know, at the end of the day, that he doesn't have uh, more goals than he has because he, he does create a lot of chances for himself and for his line. But, uh, you know, that's the one thing that he's appreciated for how he plays. And uh, you're right. He just skates. He skates hard. He's got the... A lot of stamina in his game, and uh, and it makes makes him that kind of a player that uh, you can utilize in situations where when you're looking for momentum, when you're looking for a bit of a spark, uh, you know, that line has been good for us that way, and uh, he's probably one of the, him and Paulie Byron uh, have brought uh, Jake Evans along with him there in the regards to playing that way. All three of them do a good job of doing that. We saw that the Canadians uh, at times have, have – uh, had trouble, um, you know, getting their skating legs going. That was the way it was on Thursday night. And he says that he uses that fourth line, lots of speed on the line, um, and uh, particularly with that that work ethic that that Lekkonen has, that relentless play at both ends of the ice, back check, four check, uh, to to give a spark to to his crew. Um, we're we're kind of highlighting some some. Um, in the the uh, the quotes this week, uh, uh, we're we're kind of highlighting players that that don't get a lot of focus from uh, you know from time yeah. to time, uh, and Arturi Lekkonen is one of them and a key uh, player for the Canadians. And we saw that in the in the return to play bubble and then the playoff round that uh, Lekkonen was uh, consistently the player that gener- generated the most uh, chances, was off the charts with respect to expected goals. He needs uh, help putting those uh, yeah. those goals in, and and uh, that's uh, that's what his line mates are there for, and and uh, um, high high praise uh, uh, from Claude Julien this week. And the great thing about Arturi Lekkinen, Arturi Lekkinen is just a stabilizer. Is you know that his line is going to be 
they're at least going to work hard and whether or not they produce that offense that that's you know a little bit out of their control it just depends on sometimes it comes down to puck luck but I mean when you look at the guys that Arturi Lekkinen has played with whether it's been Max Domi whether it's been Yasperi Kotkaniemi or now Jake Evans his lines contribute to winning they are lines that Claude Julien has depended on there are lines that he, he came to rely on in the past and I think that Everything that you've seen out of him, whether it's five on five or the penalty kill this season, he's been great. He's been fantastic. He's been everything that you should that you, you should expect out of Arturi Lekkinen, given that he's one of the more dependent players, um, one of the guys you rely on defensively as well as offensively. So uh, it's it's great to see him get that praise because he deserves it. He, he really does deserve it. So. Um, it, it's a good start, and hopefully it continues on for him. And given the fact that he's playing with the next guy we're going to talk about, Jake Evans, who has also been fantastic to this point, that fourth line um, has been a real joy to watch. Um, and uh, he said that a chat with Kirk Muller really turned things around for him. Uh, that that was a, a great chat we had. It was I was pretty frustrated with my game, honestly, after um, Toronto. I felt like I didn't do much and didn't help out faceoffs or or much. And and he he basically told me to forget about it and move on. And I think that really helped me out. He's a very positive guy, and that went a long way with me. I just forgot about that game and and focused on the next one. And I think that definitely helped me out. Instead of thinking about all my mistakes from from Toronto, I just focused on Edmonton and focused on myself and how I could be better and and he's a great positive influence and he's always willing to work with guys too so uh, that helped me out a lot it seems crazy to say given how well Jake Evans has played uh that Jake Evans struggled mightily against the Leafs uh he played under six minutes in that game he didn't look very good he was terrible on on face-offs and obviously after that game he was down on himself and and was going over each mistake that he had made and um, and it was Kirk Muller uh, that uh, that stepped in, as we've seen Kirk Muller do. Particularly, yes. he's the conduit to the players between the coaching staff and uh, and the players, but particularly with the younger players. And we saw that uh, last season with uh, Jesperi Kotkaniemi. Um, KK mentioned that it was Muller that uh, that took him aside. In this same instance. Uh, he took aside Jake Evans and said, listen, uh, move on, forget it, uh, focus on what you have to do in, in this, uh, this next game coming up uh, versus Edmonton, uh, don't look back, and, um, and, and gave him the, uh, the, the confidence to move past that and, and, uh, and permission to move past that, that the coaching staff wasn't dwelling on his mistakes, and, and, uh, and so he shouldn't. Uh, and that was very important for him to hear, and he's been great ever since. Yeah, he's been fantastic. And yeah, as you said, it was a rough start, but he managed to bounce back, of course, scored that shorthanded goal against the Oilers, and things ever since have just been uh, been really good for him. And the speed that that fourth line plays with, Jake Evans is a huge part of that. We touched on it last week when Arturi Lekkinen said that I don't think that he, that he doesn't think he's been on a line that he's been the slowest player on which uh, but, I don't Jake yeah, Evans said that's that's nonsense that yeah that, <laughs> but but we get the point we get the point. yeah we yeah. get the point we get the point but yeah it, Jake Evans I think uh he's he's been great to this point and and Kirk Muller you know we talk a lot about the mindset of Jake Evans and we've talked about him willing the willingness to be sent down to the taxi squad to help the team Jake Evans has a great mindset but that doesn't mean that as a young player he doesn't doubt himself every now and then and it's great that you have a coach like Kirk Muller 
It's been in his shoes, been there, and, and has been through the battles. And the NHL knows that there's going to be ups and downs with every player. Uh, so to have a chat with with Jake Evans is is fantastic. So that's great to hear. Um, Rick, we'll move on because, as we said, there's a quote here from Ryan Paling. Um, and, of course, as I said, a little bit of a concern. You don't have Ryan Paling getting in that sort of consistent game action that you're not seeing him get in, whether it's the AHL or the NHL. Uh, but Ryan Paling here, touching on the positives of being a part of the taxi squad. Um, I think your mind plays a big role in it. I mean, for me, just mentally staying sharp and realizing how good of a team we are. And, I mean, you always got to take advantage of what you can. And I think for us, like, there's so many good players on our team and a lot of older guys. So just learning from them and kind of watching how they play and even in practice, just learning a few things, I think that can go a long way. So when your time does come or when I play a game or if it doesn't at some point, you know, you can just be ready for that. So I think there is a lot of guys in our team that you can definitely learn from. And I think I'm taking advantage of that as best as I can. This was a really interesting, um, uh, the, the, the whole media availability for Ryan Paling was an interesting look. Uh, for those who are asking the question, and there was a few that asked him that, that very question, why wouldn't it be better for you uh, down in, um, in Laval? And, and he said, um, you know, it's not my, my decision, it's up to the coaches. But obviously, uh, what he's learning in practice um, the little tips he had, he's sitting in the locker room between Corey Perry and Michael Froelich. Yeah. Now, listen, no disrespect to Alex Belzeal or Laurent Dauphin, <laughs> but um, what he's picking up from the end, and he mentioned uh, that Froelich, who we haven't seen yet, uh, is just uh, conditioning-wise, is a beast. Yeah. Uh, and talk about Lekin and stamina. You have Froelich out there, uh, after, you know, there's practice, then the taxi guys stay on the ice uh, a little bit longer, and then for a leak stays another 20 or 30 minutes after that. And um, Paling is just marveling and picking up all of these these little tips. Um, it's a great experience for Ryan Paling uh, to, to be part of all of that. Uh, we saw during practice on Friday that uh, in one of the drills, um, you're talking about, Staying in in uh, in in game shape or ready, being ready for game shape, you had uh, Shea Weber roughing up um, uh, Ryan Paling along the boards, yeah. and 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 it's just because those guys need to be hit so that when they yeah. get into action, it's not going to be uh, feel so foreign. And Shea Weber knows that, um, and uh, and he you know nothing personal against uh, against Ryan Paling. He knows that that it's uh, those taxi squad guys that need that kind of uh, simulated game action. Yeah, and, and this is this this is the thing for me, right? Is everyone now because we hear it so often and it's it's sort of lost its meaning a little bit. People think that the word culture in sports is a buzzword. It's not. It isn't. It's very important. And what Mark Bergevin did this past offseason, even though Michael Froelich hasn't played a game for the Montreal Canadiens, even though Corey Perry's only played two for the Montreal Canadiens, you bring in those two guys who've won Stanley Cups. You bring in Jake Allen. You bring in Joel Edmondson. Guys that have won Stanley Cups. Guys that have been through those battles and have been a part of teams with great environments. They know that they can take parts of what worked in those environments and bring it to where they are right now. And for a young guy like Ryan Paling to be around Michael Froelich, that's not a bad guy. That's not a bad mentor to have. That's not a bad guy to be around all the time to pick up a couple of things from. And of course, we know that Shea Weber 
and and the way that that these guys these veteran guys practice is not going to get the uh you know it, it's it's going to uh help out our guy like ryan paling uh, until he gets into the lineup whenever that is if that happens at all we'll see but yeah it's 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 very good to hear things like that from ryan paling and it's yeah it speaks volumes about michael Froelich about the culture for this team right now so uh rick we will f- finish off they said what with Yasperi Kotkaniemi and uh, how he's feeling about the season so far. I'm really happy, actually. Uh, I just feel it's really easy to come to the rink every day and, uh, you know, have fun with the boys. I think all the all the four lines are rolling, rolling really good and, uh, you know, it just feels really easy, easy to play right now and uh, just have, have fun with the guys. I think that's, that's about it. Having fun with the guys. Having fun. Yeah. Now, uh, the way his his uh, prior to the return to play, but the way his his last regular season ended, um, mm. you know, in Laval, the spleen injury, all of that, uh, things have have really turned around. And, and you know, he's responsible for a large portion of that, uh, yep. uh, turning things around for for himself. Um, Kakinyemi has uh, five points in the last four games. Um, he was a team best on Thursday night, 73% in the faceoff dot. Yeah. That's terrific. <laughs> uh, and he's, he's confident. He's got great line mates, uh, even with Perry stepping in for, for Armia. And uh, he's having fun. Uh, and 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 that's what you wanna you wanna you wanna see from him. He just he was just glowing during his press availability. Yeah, and I mean, we saw it in the power play goal. He picked up the secondary assist on Brennan Gallagher's power play goal. And in the celebration, you saw Corey Perry acknowledge the pass from Kotkaniemi to Perry on the doorstep. But yeah, this is a team that's having fun, and we see it in practice. We see it with Joel Edmondson uh, ripping a one-timer and Carey Price catching it out of midair and, and maybe a little bit of a windmill, maybe a little <laughs> bit maybe a little bit of an embellishment on that. But uh, it's, And then it's the Carey little Price, skate so. dance afterwards. Little, yeah, a little bit of a skate dance after, a little bit of a celebration there. So I think Joel Edmondson might remember that the next time uh, if he, he pots one in practice on Carey Price. <laughs> but we'll move on, Rick, because uh, we have some NHL news and notes to get to. And this past week, uh, it was Tuesday, uh, Wayne Gretzky, the great one, turned 60 years old uh, this past Tuesday. So happy birthday uh, to Wayne Gretzky. And uh, yeah, here's to uh, here's to many more. Many more. Um, congratulations. Uh, to, you know, you don't see, I don't think of, of Wayne Gretzky uh, at that age. And, and, no. uh, and he's still very involved in hockey. He's still very engaged. He still watches hockey. And, and he always uh, seems to like the opportunity to, to comment on it. Um, so uh, happy birthday uh, to uh, 99. Absolutely. Yeah. And uh, yeah, as I said, many more. Here's to, here's to many more. But Rick, uh, we'll, we'll move on because we wanted to tie a bow or at least attempt to tie a bow on a conversation that we had last week. Because last week, before we, uh, we started recording, before we went on air, uh, Pierre-Luc Dubois was traded and thus bring an end to that saga. Or so we thought, at least, you know, might... Might uh, might be put on the back burner a little bit as they quarantine and as everything, all the dust settles and that. But uh, it didn't. It, it just picked up steam. There's still a lot, a lot of loose ends to tie on this thing. But we will say that Pierre Luc Dubois in quarantine in Winnipeg, Patrick Line expected to make his Columbus debut on Tuesday, and Josh, Jack Roslovic uh, was in the Columbus Blue Jackets lineup on Thursday. So everyone seems happy. John Tortorella, eh, 
maybe not. But uh, everyone <laughs> seems happy. Everyone seems happy. <laughs> yeah, and uh, um, the welcome that uh, Columbus gave to uh, Patrick yeah. Lina, the, uh, the the billboard in Finnish uh, welcoming to, to uh, Columbus uh, was a, t- a terrific, um, uh, a nice little detail that, that they added. Um, that that's really nice. And, and, yeah. uh, one of the things that, uh, of course, uh, Josh Anderson, um, mm-hmm. having, uh, played for, for Columbus and played for John Tortorella, uh, for as long as he, he did, uh, reporters this week, uh, Canadians reporters were, um, wanting to know, you know, how, um, how he would comment on, on John Tortorella. Uh, uh, Josh Anderson spent seven years with the, the Blue Jackets, and um, he said he had no issues at all with John Tortorella. And the quote is, Torts is a hell of a coach. Uh, I liked him through my stay, had no in, um, issues with him. He's an honest guy, and he's there to help his players. He really, really cares about his players. I can 100% say I learned a lot from him. So, yeah. um, you know, whether he's your cup of tea or not, uh, he's had success and yep. uh, seems to get the best out of some players. Yes. And I don't think, I mean, listen, we can we can talk about, you know, the media and everything like that because John Tortorella, he's, he's somebody that, that gives a lot of great quotes or not so great quotes depending on your vantage point. Uh, if you're Larry Brooks, maybe not. Uh, <laughs> not great quotes, but, <laughs> but he gives some good sound bites. And we don't really know about his relationship, his intimate relationships with players. We see stuff on the bench. That's the extent of it, really. We don't really know what he's like behind closed doors. Josh Anderson seems like a guy that would be a John Tortorella guy, given that he plays the game as hard as he does. But yeah, I, I think that we're going to see a very, um, and, I, and I said this before the show, whenever it is that this gets back to normal, the NHL is allowed to, you're allowed to play teams out of conference, out of division. Winnipeg's first trip down to Columbus that's going to be oh, an yeah. interesting game. I'll That's going to be, there's going to be, be yeah. <laughs> there will be a lot of storylines around that one. Uh, but Rick, we will finish off with uh, Elliot Friedman who confirmed that Mark Bergevin had a deal in place to move up in the 2016 NHL entry draft to select one Pierre-Luc Dubois. What if, what if that came to pass? <laughs> well, it's it's fun. well. We we talked about this uh, we did. a couple weeks we did. ago uh, that um, Mark uh, Bergevin was uh, had his sights set on Dubois during the 2016 draft. We were there. We we witnessed it. Uh, but he had a deal in his back pocket with Vancouver. It turns out um, to send PK Subban, who would would be traded uh, a few days later. Uh, but P.K. Subban would have been traded to Vancouver for their pick, uh, for the fifth uh, pick in the draft. Um, and um, that was contingent on Dubois still being available at that point. And it was assumed that that he still would be because yeah. uh, uh, Pogliarvi and, and Lina were, were, uh, were uh, ranked respectively two and three there. And... and, uh, and um, uh, Columbus was expected to take one of the fins, but you know that was all changed. Just just play that what if though that if if um, Subban goes to uh, Vancouver, uh, Montreal yeah. gets their their number one uh, center in Dubois, but then they don't get Weber because that yeah. trade would not be available. So there's no Weber. 
Um, now, Sergachev would have went to Edmonton. They were mm-hmm. they they uh, they were um, wanting to get him, but couldn't felt they couldn't pass up uh, Polyarvi. So Sergachev would have went to Edmonton, and he wouldn't have avail- been available for. Um, uh, the Canadians, no Sergachev, there's no Drouin um, on the current roster. Who comes to Montreal? Would it be Ulevi, uh, Chikrin? I, I don't, they would have likely taken a defenseman at number nine. They still would have had the number nine pick. So I, I don't think we can go too far down this road. Yeah. But uh, <laughs> w- we take a couple of steps. And uh, already uh, the club would be dramatically different uh, had things played out the way Mark Bergevin wanted them to play out in 2016. Yeah, things would have been uh, very, very different, as you said. So uh, that's that's a that's a strange. Yeah, we can't go too far down that path. But if you start thinking about it, it's hard not to go down further and further and see what exactly that lineup would be looking like. But, Rick, uh, we will take our first break here on the Canadians Connection podcast when we come back. After last week and our much too early review of the Habs' new additions to their team, we're going to follow it up with a much too early review of the North Division and the standings as they currently sit. So, Rick, we will take our first break. As I said, we'll be back after a quick break. Stay with us. Rocket Sports Media is currently recruiting talented, motivated, and committed people to join our team. If you're a student wishing to gain experience, a young professional interested in broadening your credentials, an experienced hockey mind looking for a platform to share your expertise, or a passionate fan looking to contribute to our publications by connecting with fellow hockey fans, we want to hear from you. If you are bright, loyal, passionate, and willing to dedicate yourself to a remarkable team, visit allhabs.net and click the Join Our Team tab today. In every city around the world, sports fans flock to popular watering holes to share a few pints, some good grub, and to cheer for their team. Think your favorite sports bar deserves to be recognized? Or are you traveling to a new place and need to find the perfect spot to watch a game? HockeyPub.com is the answer. Find out where the best spots are in your city to eat, drink, and meet fellow fans. HockeyPub.com. Want the latest Habs news with game previews, reviews, and highlights? How about full coverage of development camps and special events? Looking to follow the Laval Rocket more closely this season? Perhaps you'd like to learn more about team prospects. Would you like a place to socialize with hockey fans all over the world? We've got what you're looking for at allhabs.net, the place where you'll find everything you need to be the most informed and connected Habs fan around. Allhabs.net. Welcome back to the Canadians Connection podcast on Rocket Sports Radio. I'm Joe Whalen. You can find me on Twitter at Joe Whalen19. And with me in studio is the president and founder of Rocket Sports, Rick Stevens. You can follow him at All Habs on Twitter. And you can follow at Habs Connection on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. And visit our website at CanadiansConnection.com. Uh, so, Rick, just for, a, just for another to add to the conversation we had just before the break about Pierre-Luc Dubois. Uh, another piece of information from the 31 thoughts podcast or 31 thoughts article, um, 
Nick Suzuki. Yeah, yeah, just just a little nugget uh, in yeah. in that uh, Elliot Freeman piece. He said that um, uh, the, the Canadians, as we know, were involved in the Pierre Luc Dubois sweepstakes, uh, but but didn't have the the uh, weren't weren't able to come up with the the, uh, the better uh, trade offer. Yeah. But he said Elliot Friedman did that uh, the Canadians that Suzuki was not on the Canadians' untouchable list. Uh, until his great start to the season, uh, and then he was pulled back. So I thought that was an interesting little piece. And talk about what if? My goodness, uh, I don't even want to go there. Uh, yeah. But but interesting that uh, uh, Nick Suzuki um, solidified his his uh, position on the Canadians by his great his great start, and of course he has uh, a seven game point streak going. Yeah, he's been fantastic. He's just been unbelievable. And uh, yeah, to to just just grateful that he got off to that good start because it could have sent the Montreal Canadiens down a, a different path. But uh, Rick, now king this of the big north topic, king, king of, the, of north. the north, not John Snow, but but uh, yeah, with respect to the <laughs> NHL, <laughs> with respect to the NHL, the Montreal Canadiens are fighting for the crown to be the king of the north. And Rick. I think we wouldn't be having this conversation were it not for some lively debate that took place after Thursday night's Montreal Canadiens Thursday night win over the Calgary Flames. Um, and the things that came out of that, uh, and Sid Sixero of Tim and Sid tweeted the following, Montreal's the best team in the North Division. I don't think it's debatable. Um, and of course... Being in a uh, being a guy who's a prominent figure in Toronto sports media, that did not go over well for Sid Sixero. Uh, <laughs> the, the funny thing is that that Sid has announced that he's leaving Tim and Sid. He's going to breakfast, yes, television. breakfast television, and so now he's just he's just letting it all be bare, yeah. right? He's just he's just uh, uh, saying whatever he needs to say before uh, before he's done. Yeah. So, and he's by not somebody shell, that's yeah. yeah, not somebody that's afraid to give their opinion by any stretch of the imagination. But you had Mike Kelly of the NHL Network as well saying the Montreal Canadiens are the best team in the NHL right now, and uh, he also added to that they also lead the league in odd man rushes and goals scored off the rush, and they just scored on an odd man rush, fast and furious. That is how they play. So, Rick, lots of responses to that. A lot of people. Don't agree with that. Don't agree the Montreal Canadiens are the best team in the North Division or the best team in the NHL. And with with due respect to Mike Kelly, it's hard to say that anybody's the best team in the NHL when you're only playing divisional opponents. The only thing you could say with certainty is, well, this is the best team in this division and sort of go from there. But regardless, Rick, the Montreal Canadiens currently sit second in the North Division. There are things that they need to work on, as Shea Weber touched on, as Claude Julian has touched on as well. But where they stand right now, given all the sort of adjustments that we saw this past offseason, coming off of the momentum that they they carried, they, that they gained in the Toronto bubble, this is a fantastic start for the Montreal Canadiens. And when you look around the North Division, right now the Leafs are in front of them, which is where, where you should expect the Toronto Maple Leafs to be. Uh, they are the best team in Canada until someone takes that from them. And that, that could happen in the playoffs. But until we get there, we can't say that any other team is better than them because 
And for the last few years, that's that's been the best team in Canada. You have the Jets that are right behind them. You have the Canucks. You have the Oilers, the Flames, and the Sens. And, yeah, that is the current lay of the land in the North Division. So can the Montreal Canadiens win this thing? Can they, can they be division champions? Can they be the kings of the North? It's a, it's a great question. Um, and, and we talked before the show, the, the N- NBC, their power rankings had the Canadians yep. on top. Um, there's, there's, there's a lot of eyes being opened. Remember that this, this team, uh, during the regular season last year, uh, was 24th in the NHL and, yes. um, and they were by a, a peculiar, uh, little, uh, loophole in the, in the rules, uh, they had to, so to speak, because of the pandemic, they were allowed in, in the re- return to play round, uh, as the last entry. Um, so right now the Canadians are the team that's being talked about because why, why are they being talked about? Because they're good. They're very good, but also because, uh, there's something about telling that Cinderella story that, uh, is compelling for, for, for writers, for readers. Um, and so the Canadians are, are getting a lot of attention and the, and Leafs fans are saying, wait a minute, what about us? Yeah. Um, and the Leafs are an, are a very good team as well, yeah. and and maybe this turns out to be a two horse race. We 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 don't know yet. It it is as it we is. said, it's too yes. early. <laughs> um, but right now, it's fun, and yeah. you have Canadians fans who who are on a cloud right now. They're 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 dreaming a little, you know. Uh, they're dreaming. Yeah. They've 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 just finished the first chapter. And they're already uh, skipping ahead and reading the last page of the book. <laughs> you know, that's that's yeah. where Canadians fans are right now, um, and and it's and it's fun. And the whole division is fun. And and uh, I saw an article in in CBC that talks about uh, the All Canadian Division. It's the highest scoring division in the league by a lot. North games are averaging 6.7 goals per game. That's more uh, than a goal. Uh, that's a, more than a goal a, a game, more than the East, West, and Central. Um, there's only been one shootout that was involved the Canadians. Um, yeah. And uh, uh, six in the East, three in each of the West and and Central. So they say games are being decided the old-fashioned way. The league's top three scorers are all in the North. Connor mm-hmm. McDavid, Leon Dreisaitl, Mitch Marner. Uh, three more players from Canadian teams are in the top eight. Quinn Hughes, uh, Nikolai Ehlers, Mark Shifley. Um, and then they devote a, a section to the Canadians talking about their 4.7 goals per game, uh, third best record, uh, five shorthanded goals, um, and that they the uh, penalty killers have more goals than 15 teams' power plays in in the league. Uh, So there's a lot of excitement with the Canadians, with the North Division. And I think um, you heard from Claude Julien all week. We played a couple of clips earlier. We played Shea Weber, kind of putting the brakes on a little bit. Um, and, And there's one more clip, I think, just to kind of put this all into context. Well, I think the biggest improvement for us, as you know, is, is the zone. And uh, whether it's on the back check, I talked about it earlier this week, you know, where uh, in the last few games, a second wave uh, was coming in and uh, we didn't have those guys covered. They're getting some pretty good chances. But uh, even in the slot area, uh, I thought we gave up a lot of, you know, quality chances in the past. 
we still gave some tonight, but we were a lot better. I think uh, we brought some awareness to that part of our game, and uh, there's still some work to be done. Don't don't get me wrong. And uh, most of the time, we're we're fortunate right now that we're still scoring, you know, at, at a decent rate. But uh, you know, the defensive part of our game is what we're nitpicking at right now to try and minimize, like you said, some of those uh, opportunities. And, and you're right; I think we were a lot better tonight than we have been in the in the first six games. So that was after the the Calgary game, and he said we've been we were a little better, but all week he talked about the Canadians giving up far too many high danger scoring chances, giving up uh, quality chances on the rush uh, from the slot especially, and yeah. uh, so all week they worked on the defensive aspect of the game. You heard something else in that clip, and he said we've been fortunate that we've been scoring, and he talked about. How uh, whether it's whether it's the, uh, the the power plays or even on five on five that teams will score uh, early in the season and then adjust. Um, yeah. So he's worried about all the Canadian and and it's easier to adjust this season because you play the other teams so yeah. many times. His concern is what happens when the Canadian scoring dries up. Uh, and, uh, you know, he wants to, uh, a focus on, on the defense and uh, there's, there's been a, an odd narrative going around, um, that, uh, uh that the goaltending, particularly Carey Price hasn't, hasn't been relied on as much, uh, this, this season. Um, but both goaltenders have played well. Both have been relied on because of those good quality uh, chances. There was only that one game, um, uh, and it was against Vancouver, uh, where yeah. uh, Jake Allen had uh, was only required to make 14 saves, light work work uh, workload in that game. But otherwise, um, it's it's the Canadians' goaltending that's had to. Uh, uh, stand up and 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 uh, be a part because of the defensive lapses. Um, yeah. So the Claude Julien sees this. He's smart. He knows that there's going to be adjustments coming, and he wants to make sure that they aren't giving up those chances once the sto- scoring average starts coming down. Once they're they're uh, once teams adjust to them. Uh, they're going to have to play a much tighter defensive game, and that's going to be the key for the Canadians, whether they can continue to uh, to sit near or at the top of the North Division. Yeah, and, and this is it for me, right, is the Montreal Canadiens were constructed with the knowledge, with the idea that if it came down to a beauty pageant, a beauty contest between the Montreal Canadiens and really every team in the North Division except for the Ottawa Senators, the Montreal Canadiens aren't, aren't winning that beauty pageant, right? There's just the names on these teams, the Leafs, the Oilers, the Flames, the Canucks, the Jets, so much firepower up front, right? So the Montreal Canadiens, they have to be wary of, okay, if that goals per, goals for per game comes back down to earth, you know, it's it's going to be a, they're going to need to rely on that defense. And then being that more physical team like Mark Bergevin sort of addressed with the addition of Joel Edmondson and 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 certainly even even up front with the guys like Josh Anderson and and uh, and Corey Perry so Rick when, when you look around the North Division I mean there's a reason why I think there's been so much attention devoted to the Montreal Canadiens and as you said it's the Cinderella story I also think that part of it is just general fatigue with the Toronto Maple Leafs 
that might be that's that's <laughs> maybe the reason why they're not getting their flowers, even though they are playing good, and even though their additions, be it Wayne Simmons, who has endeared himself to Leafs fans for his physicality, as you would expect, um, whether it's TJ Brody, who I think is a nice fit uh, with the Toronto Maple Leafs. Whatever it is, the, the, Mitch Marner at the top of the scoring, yes, all of that is great, but the Leafs need to prove it in the playoffs. If they do that, they'll get their flowers. But right now, the Montreal Canadiens are the fresh story. They're the new story. They're the team that came from being the 24th-ranked team out of 24 that participated in either of the bubbles and then beat the Pittsburgh Penguins, took the Flyers to six games, as a team that in the regular season struggled mightily, 71 points in 71 games, they get to the bubble, Carey Price is fantastic, and they win that play-in round against the Pittsburgh Penguins. The Toronto Maple Leafs, they, they didn't beat the Columbus Blue Jackets. And the Columbus Blue Jackets are a good team who deserve a lot of credit, but there's a fatigue with the Toronto Maple Leafs because they haven't been able to get it done when it matters. So right now, the Montreal Canadiens are getting a little bit more attention. And that's understandable. You look at the Winnipeg Jets and the fact that they've handled the Line A Roslovic thing. They've gotten that mm-hmm. taken care of. You add, once Pierre-Luc Dubois is there, you look at Andrew Kopp, who has been great, by the way. I really liked Andrew Kopp yep. through the first couple games of this season. Stasny. Mark Scheifele, Peter St- yeah, Paul Stastny, excuse me. And you add Pierre-Luc Dubois to that. That's a nice center core that you have right there. That's a good group of centermen. Maybe one of the maybe the best one in the in the North Division, but it is tough to say. Vancouver, uh, they've played the most games, including three against the Habs. They've dealt with some injuries on the back end, um, and Pedersen facing his first bit of adversity as an NHLer as well. So that's been a storyline. You know that if the Montreal can win, the Montreal Canadiens face the Canucks again. You're going to be facing a different Elias Pedersen. It's mm-hmm. just you know that. Edmonton, we know the story. McDavid, Drysaddle, what's there after that? Ryan Nugent Hopkins and Darnell Nurse. That's about it. Miku Koskinen started all nine games for the Oilers. It's mm. it's a tough spot because Mike Smith being on LTIR, of course. You have the Flames, who've played the fewest amount of games in the North. Uh, they had a players-only meeting, uh, which which seems... Uh, I mean, it, it, they've only played six games to this point. It's a little bit tough to to say i mean they they're 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 a good team i I don't think they're going to be in sixth place in the north division for long i think that they have a really talented group and i think markstrom might give them a little bit stability we didn't see him on thursday probably Probably see him tonight yeah yeah so that'll be that'll be a different element for the montreal canadians to handle and jake allen of course being in uh, between the pipes for them uh for the montreal canadians that'll be something and then ottawa's just a young team so just to just to say that that is the current lay of the land in the North Division right now. And whether or not it stays the way that it is with the Montreal Canadiens in the second seed right now, I think there are two things that you can say about the Montreal Canadiens. One, as I just said, they were constructed with the knowledge that if it came down to fi- to firepower up front, they weren't going to win the battle against six out of the seven or five out of the six other teams in the division. Number two is that they've got a lot of willing participants. They're not going to be pushed around. If if Matthew Kachuk tried to do anything like he did against the Leafs, right? There's a lot of guys. We saw Ben Sherratt. That's our question of the week. We're going to get to in the third segment. What did you think of Ben Sherratt taking down Matthew Kachuk? They're not a team. If you're going to come in and try to start something, they've got guys that are willing to finish it, right? We saw Joel Edmondson and Tyler Myers go at it after the... 
uh, Myers hit on Yoel Armia. It's it's a team that that's been constructed, and and it's great to see that they're bonding this way, that they're coming together and they've bought in and they're helping each other out. It's it's great to see. I think those are the only two things you can say with certainty right now. Any definitive statements about where they where they stack up against the rest of the North Division teams or the NHL? Far too early for that conversation, but right now, pretty good. Way too, good. way too early. Way too early way too for early. all this yeah. conversation, and <laughs> and it would be it would be much too early for us to look at playoff chances. No, so we shouldn't. We're not going to do that. We're not. Gonna we shouldn't do that. do that next week. No. Well, I next got, week we shouldn't do that. Well, let's I don't just think take we a look. do that next week. Okay. All right. Well, because we wouldn't we wouldn't want to uh, upset our no. Dom Lecician has done a lot of our friend Dom Lecician with the Athletic mm-hmm. has done a lot of work to put these projections together. And we wouldn't want to disappoint him by not mentioning them, even though it's way too early to mention <laughs> playoff projections. Uh, currently, the Montre- uh, Dom says that the Canadians uh, are uh, projected to, to uh, finish the season with 73 points. Uh, in his uh, estimation, that's exactly the same number that the Toronto Maple Leafs um, would <laughs> get. Mm. Um, the Leafs have a 96% currently, a 96% chance of making the playoffs. The Montreal Canadiens have a 95% chance of making the playoffs. Wow. As far as being first in the division, the Montreal Canadiens have a 42% chance of being first in the division, 30% chance of being second in the division, and a 16% chance of being third in in the division. That's 42% at first. The Toronto Maple Leafs have a 41% chance of being first in the division, according to Dom. So way too early look. Way too early. But uh, that, that, that explains why Canadians fan fans are uh, riding a cloud right now. Yeah, and, and looking to continue it against the Flames tonight. Might be a bit of a tougher matchup. Uh, Flames are uh, feeling a little bit snarly after that Leafs that Leafs mini set and uh, losing to the Canadians, pouring a little bit of salt on the wound. They turn to their starting goaltender tonight. Montreal goes to their backup goaltender and Jake Allen. We shall see how it plays out tonight. But uh, yeah, the it's, it's going to be all these games, <laughs> whatever matchup it is, I, it's going to be fun, as you pointed out. Highest goals uh, of any division in the North. Their games are more exciting. They're finishing with higher scores. It's great. It's been great entertainment, and uh, we will see how it turns out tonight. So, Rick, uh, with all that said, we'll take our final break here on the Canadians Connection podcast. When we come back, we will get to the question of the week. What did you think of Ben Sherratt's takedown of Matthew Kachuk? And uh, maybe provide a little bit of an all-haves fantasy update as well. So stay with us here on the Canadians Connection podcast on Rocket Sports Radio. The Canadians Connection is proud to be a partner of Rocket Sports Media, digital media publishers of sports and entertainment websites. Their mission is to build a worldwide network of sports fans who are informed, engaged, entertained, and connected. Learn more about RSM, its team, and its portfolio of brands at rocketsportsmedia.com. I bet you enjoy sporting your best Habs jerseys, dressing up your kids and pets in the cutest Habs gear, and showing off your decked out hockey cave or fan ink. Well, don't just show your friends, show your Habs. The team at All Habs wants you to boast your finest pictures for our global network of Montreal Canadiens fans. 
Include the hashtag ShowYourHabs when posting your fan photos on Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram. Then log on to ShowYourHabs.com to see your entries, along with photos and posts from Habs fans all over the world. A proud member of the Rocket Sports Media Network. If you're a business owner looking for the perfect platform to reach a targeted audience of customers, Rocket Sports Media is the solution. Our global hockey community provides unmatched social media reach to an attentive demographic of sports and entertainment fans. We can provide visibility to your company, helping you to engage and leverage this prime group of potential clientele. In addition, we also offer sponsorship opportunities for fan events and featured areas of website content, giving you name and logo recognition. Visit rocketsportsmedia.com to contact us regarding this unique marketing opportunity. For the most trusted source of news, analysis, and features about the Montreal Canadiens, their affiliates, and their prospects, log in to allhabs.net, your year-round resource for anything Habs-related. That's allhabs.net. Welcome back to episode 121 of the Canadians Connection podcast here on Rocket Sports Radio. You can follow at Habs Connection on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram, and visit our website at canadiansconnection.com. Um, so, Rick, uh, at this time, I think, probably talk a little bit about fantasy hockey, uh, given that we've done that the last couple of weeks, talked about the draft, talked about the first week as it was unfolding, um, and we can sort of have a, a bit of a resolution to the conversation we had last week because uh, as it currently stands I am first oh, in the man. league mm. yeah after after a nice win uh, in my first matchup first in the league and and you know it was brought to my attention because I listened to the press zone podcast earlier this week as everybody um, fantastic yeah. press zone podcast you want to seek that out um, certainly as the AHL draws closer and closer, uh, bringing some fantastic news and coverage. Um, but, you know, I was listening to it earlier this week and it came to my attention that perhaps, you know, because Rick, you know me, you know that mm -hmm. in my first year playing fantasy hockey, I, I won the league. Um, I won the all yeah. abs league. But but when I did, you know that I was as gracious <laughs> Humble. And full of class and humble uh -huh. as one could possibly be. <laughs> and it came to my attention that I perhaps was not that last week uh, with Amy Johnson, who had herself, you know, it was a tough week for Amy Johnson. You know, she lost, but um, that that happens, right? It is. It, it's incredibly early, as she pointed out. There is still time yet to go. And I'm not going to get on my high horse just yet. But <laughs> as I said, I was a little bit disappointed in myself. I think I, I need to handle myself a little bit better than I did last week. Uh, but yeah, it's a good start for me and I like to, to keep that going. Uh, Rick, how about, how about yourself, Rick? Middle of the pack. Um, Middle of the pack. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I had a, an okay week. Uh, not mm -hmm. a great week. Um, off to a good start uh, this week up against uh, Shane. Shane, a uh, buddy of Mike Raschel. Uh, Shane came um, with us yeah. to, to, uh, to the draft. Uh, he's a big uh, Colorado Avalanche fan. And um, so leading yes. so far, lots lots of action yet, uh, but leading him 8-1 this week. Um, 
and wow. and and the the matchup between Mike must be angry. Uh, the matchup between him and Sam, Sam who does our game previews, eleven to one so far. Um, Mike Ooh. over Sam. Yeah, yeah, that's tough. Uh, Flyers uh, Habs rule. Uh, Amy Johnson, who you mentioned, uh, tied up six six uh, so far. Okay. Um, yeah. And um, uh, how are you doing? Well, you, you're oh you're uh, you're in a battle with the commissioner this week. Yes, I am in a battle. Uh, yeah, and we we talked. We me and my uh, me and uh, Brian, excuse me, we're talking on Thursday, uh, and we've sent some messages back and forth. Had some missed opportunities, both of us. And uh, I, I unfortunately I have Yasperi Kotkaniemi. He was not in my lineup uh, this past Thursday, which uh, was a little bit of a that stung a little bit. So um, now Brian yeah, has that, already that, uh, Brian, yeah. our commish, has already sent me. Um, one kind of general inquiry and then an official trade offer. He's oh. looking to acquire Connor McDavid pretty seriously from uh. my lineup. And um, uh, I, th- I think he's going to have, to, I won't say what he's offered, but I think he's going to have to do a little better than, than, uh. Uh, than what he's offered so far for Connor. David, given, tough. given McDavid's start. Tough, tough to trade Connor McDavid. I mean, I know that they say that anyone could be traded after Gretzky was traded, but I don't, I don't know. Uh, mm. That's a tough one. That is a tough one. But uh, Rick, we'll move on because we have the question of the week this week. What did you think of Ben Sherratt's takedown of Matthew Kachuk? Because uh, a lot of people on Twitter were, uh, even though they may not have been Habs fans, uh, they a lot of people on Twitter happy to see Matthew Kachuk uh, <laughs> take a bit of a beating from Ben Sherratt. <laughs> uh, join us on the uh, All Habs uh, fan page on Facebook. Just uh, search for All Habs, all one word, and uh, you can be part of the conversation too. We had a lot of, uh, we posted the, the video of uh, Ben Sherratt's takedown of Matthew Kachuk, and uh, we had a lot of, of comments uh, Bobby Flo J says, uh, good, make him pay. Um, we had uh, Sid Arblaster saying, isn't that better? Protect price at all costs. Uh, Paul yeah. McDonald says, can't wait until the playoffs. If this D stays healthy, they're going to pound some teams during a playoff series. Uh, Mike Sipe said, uh, I hate the Flames. I'm still bitter about the 89 Stanley Cup Finals. Oh. Uh, <laughs> uh, we even had uh, non-Habs fans chiming in, said, uh, from Corey Cook, said, I don't like the Habs, but I really like seeing Kachuk get his ass beat tonight. So uh, <laughs> we had uh, we had a lot of, of conversation about that. Yeah. If you'd like to join on that or any other subject, we have over 40,000 Habs fans that join us regularly uh, go to uh, your Facebook and uh, search for all Habs. And while you're there, be sure to like the page so that uh, you can be part of the, the, the regular uh, contingent that comes out to discuss uh, every game, every issue on our all Habs uh, official fan page on Facebook. And you're going to want to be a part of that because Rick, there's a heavy week coming up for the Montreal mm-hmm. Canadians, a bit of a light week this past week, given it was only two games but uh, as is the nature of a condensed season, it's going to heat up and it's going to heat up real soon. And the Montreal Canadiens have tonight's game against the Calgary Flames. Then on Monday, they start a two-game set with the Vancouver Canucks. Again, those uh, same Vancouver Canucks. And then they have a home-and-home series. The first time you're, you're seeing that 
uh, a home-and-home series uh, with the Ottawa Senators. So it'll be at Montreal on the 4th of February at Ottawa on the 6th. So, Rick, uh, it's going to be a very interesting week for the Montreal Canadiens, and we'll be right back here next week uh, a little bit. A little yeah. bit earlier. And, a little bit earlier. And, and uh, <laughs> that game, uh, now it's Super Bowl weekend next weekend, yes. and as is custom, the Canadians play an early game. That game next Saturday is at 1 o'clock. Usually our uh, podcast uh, um publishes around three every day so it's going to be out a little earlier you know what the easiest way to take care of that is to subscribe so subscribe yes. to the canadians connection it gets delivered to your inbox you don't have to worry about when it's coming out it's just there for you when it's ready so be sure to subscribe and be sure to share the canadians connection uh, podcast on all of your social media platforms absolutely and while you're doing that you can subscribe to the press zone as well share that with your friends and, uh, yeah, get the message out that the uh, Rocket Sports Radio team delivering some very good content. Uh, so, Rick, we will say goodbye for another week here on the Canadians Connection podcast. We'll, we will be back just a, just a touch earlier next week to discuss all things Montreal Canadiens and the very heavy week <laughs> because we're going to have four games to discuss to that point. So it's going to be a little bit more of a, uh, a game-heavy show uh, than, than, than this week was. But very excited uh, to be back here discussing Montreal Canadiens hockey games. So, Rick, we'll say goodbye again uh, for this week. We'll be back next week discussing all things Montreal Canadiens and NHL. Thank you for tuning in to the Canadiens Connection podcast here on Rocket Sports Radio. Click subscribe so you never miss an episode of Canadiens Connection. Visit allhabs.net for breaking news about the Montreal Canadiens. Canadiens.